If you've lost your vision, your energy, or your mojo, then this show is for you. Whether it's your health, career, relationships, it's time to reclaim and discover your best life yet. Award-winning journalist and TV host, Gail Guayardo, will touch, move, and inspire you in this entertaining, fast-paced, and informative podcast as Gail has helped thousands of people achieve massive, life-changing transformations. Here's your host, Gail Guayardo. Welcome to Your Story, Your Health, Your Best Life. I'm with Matthew Hoffman, the original kick-ass husband and the author of Kick-Ass Husband, Winning at Sex, Marriage, and Life. Welcome, my friends. Nice to be back with you, Gail. This is great. So, Matthew, why'd you decide to write the book? I mean, I feel like it's long overdue for couples everywhere, but uh, what a great niche. Well, you know, it's funny because I never thought I wanted to write a book. You know, when people, we know when your friends tell you how to do something. Mm-hmm. My fr- I have an accountability group called Kaizen, and they said, Matt, most guys don't know how to do what you do with women. You got to write this down because we're Neanderthals and we just don't get it, right? <laughs> and I said, that's your dream, not mine. And they kept telling me, so I said, okay, I'll, I'll start a notebook. So I started a notebook and writing ideas down, and it went on the shelf for a while. And then I had a career change a few years ago, so I asked my wife, I said, would you mind if I took the time just to get this done? And she said, I think you should. And so that's how we got into it. Speaking of your wife, um, I've known Kim and Matthew for many, many years since our, our children were you know in preschool that's how long we go back and now they're in their early 20s um you have an incredible marriage and you always have and being a husband is really important to you it's it's something that i could say is sacred absolutely you know i think it's my number one relationship and i'll i'll clarify that by saying my number one human relationship because a lot of people say their faith is first and mine is too and kim is is as well we have that in common but being a good husband is kind of if if i want to be happy i know i've got to pour into her because i expect the same thing back and that's kind of where we are and the dance that we're doing and you partnered with um, some very important people to put this book together. Tell me about the collaboration and how the book lays out. Oh, it was great. So I was about two-thirds through the book, Gail, and I said, you know, I don't want this to be just a nice collection of stories. I don't want to buy 100 copies of the book and keep them in my garage and ask my friends to buy them. And so I met a guy named Chris Cambus, and he's a licensed marriage therapist, been doing it for over 20 years, and he's Gottman certified. And I don't know if you've heard of John and Julie Gottman, They're kind of the godfather and godmother of couples counseling, and they have the Gottman Institute. They're very revered in the world of marriage counseling, and I subscribe to and really enjoy their approach to counseling and some of their theories. And so I met with Chris. Kim and I did some intensives with him, and we're investing in our relationship and learning a lot from him. And I said, hey, Chris, how would you like to do this? And he looked at me and said, you know, I want to do something really meaningful this next year. Let's do it. And so I would write, we would write chapters. We'd come in and talk about. And he would say, here's the reason why you do what Matthew says. Or here's what's going on in the relationship. And here's what happens if you don't. Because I don't know about you, but most guys don't want to be told what to do. You know, when you say you're going to or you have to. Right. But if they know why or what the benefits are of doing something, it makes it easier to understand. And, you know, I, I, I'm like you. I, my, my husband is my number one priority and then the children. And, you know, I, I feel like that's what keeps a family unit together. And I, I love him so dearly. But I'm always looking for ways to keep the marriage fresh, to keep the marriage alive. And I, you know, long before you came out with your book, you know, I realized 
there's there's really not a lot out there. You know, that this is like you go by chapter by chapter, you know, sharing stories that I think people can really relate to. That, that's the whole goal is to make it small and digestible. And, you know, chapter one is called Watch the Sunrise. And when Kim and I were pregnant with our first child, Olivia, who is good friends with your daughter, and, uh, you know, the third trimester, she's at the point where she's like, I want this baby out of my body. <laughs> I want my body back. I'm not sleeping. I'm not feeling good. And as a guy, we don't really know what's going on. I mean, we try to when we say we are having this baby. Mm-hmm. And yes, I had a role in it for sure, but I was helpless. And I said, you know, I don't feel close. I don't feel intimate, obviously. I've got to do something. And so I made a whole plan and and rolled it out in that chapter and talked about what I did for us to reconnect and reestablish that closeness. And I think we all feel that way in our relationship. And if we don't know what to do, we usually do nothing or we're, we're afraid or we're fearful or maybe we try something and it doesn't work. And so we kind of, we turn away and, and those are the times you want to turn towards. Exactly. And I think what's cool about the book is this isn't just a book for couples that are in crisis. This is in fact a book for people that just want to level up their relationship. It is. And it's, you know, it's 52 short chapters. So they're all different things. And some of them have a common theme and they're really built around prioritizing your spouse as your number one relationship. You know, we, if we have a career or both couples have a job and they're working, it's so easy to give your spouse your leftovers because you've worked all day. You're tired. You're not sure what you have coming home. And you say, gosh, I left it all at the office or I gave it to all those perfect strangers I had to deal with today instead of saving your best for your spouse. And that doesn't build a strong relationship. And so that, that the goal is to try to get husbands and wives and even couples, if they're not married, to invest in so they can have a healthy, strong relationship that's really the center of their happiness and success. And then that spills over into everything else they do. So I want to ask, because this is a book about doing things right, and it's going to guide you to do what's right for your relationship. But Matthew, what, is there a common denominator of what we're doing wrong? Well, I think that a lot of it stems from ignorance. You know, people think ignorance means you're stupid and it just means you're not well informed. So I think you have to become a student of your spouse. And that means like study and understand. And something that Kim and I did a little bit of before we got married is we understood where we came from, but not enough. So things crop up in the relationship. You might be having a conversation or do something and your spouse might go zero to 60 and you go, whoa, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Well, it's usually seeded in something that happened when they were growing up or their family of origin. And in our podcast, we say you have to go backwards to go forwards and that grandpa is kind of in your bones. So we each experienced love in our families of origin and saw what our parents or grandparents or whoever raised us, how they modeled love. And so we get a picture and image of this is what love looks like. And we bring that forward into our relationship. And if we don't sit down before we get married and say, this is what I experienced and these are my hot buttons or these are things that really, for example, one of the couples we talked to in our podcast She came, the woman, the wife came from a very disturbed background. Her mother was remarried. The new husband was abusive and she really struggled. So screaming and yelling were very hot buttons for her. Her husband knew that. So he makes sure that he uses a soft startup, that he's calm and there's no yelling because he know that's a trigger for her and for the abuse she experienced as she was growing up. So understanding that background allows us to pull forward and become students of our spouses and give them what they need. And as you know, Gail, it's not always easy. 
No. You, they, may, they may need something right at the moment. You'd be like, gosh, I'm tired. I really want to do that other thing or the game's on or the boys want to go out. It, it's not convenient. And I think it's learning how to put yourself second and put your spouse first that gives that investment and those paybacks that come later for you. I love the fact that you talk about going back in order to move forward because, you know, I don't know why suddenly I feel compelled to, you know, to share, but I do, you know, with my parents both worked a lot when I was growing up, a lot, a lot. And it's part of what gives me my drive to work today, but it also left me alone a lot as a child. So I brought to my marriage, you know, some feelings of insecurity, right? Need that companionship. I don't want the fear of not being around somebody that I love all the time. So I'm, I'm probably needier than the average uh, spouse. But to your point, I shared that on the upfront. And, you know, it, it was received very well. And I think that that's really cool that you kind of help people find out you know, why they're behaving the way they're behaving and, and what needs to be adjusted to make it work. Because a lot of times, to your point, it, it could be just a small adjustment, a small approach like the husband that starts up the conversation without, a, you know, triggering with screaming or yelling or aggressiveness. Sure. And it's, you know, it's funny. I mean, I can pull examples all the time out of my own experience. I was, Kim and I were having, we moved recently, as you know, and we're unloading. We're both tired. We're stressed. We're trying to make it all happen. And she said something which triggered me and I made a comment without thinking and she paused and she looked at me and she goes, do you feel better now having said that? <laughs> did, did, did that little zap, that little turn, that twist make you feel better? And I kind of looked down. I felt like, you know, caught with my cook hand in the cookie jar. I said, no, no, it didn't. And that's not how I want to respond. I'm sorry. And she goes, okay. And we moved on. But, you know, it was her holding me accountable lovingly. She goes, I didn't scream. And later she goes, I didn't scream. I didn't lose my temper. But I just wanted you to understand where you were coming from in the moment. And is that another thing that we could do, advice that you would give to try to address problems as they happen versus letting it build up so that you pounce? And that's definitely not what you want to do. No, it's not. So there's two things. Let's unpack that. Because two things you said. One, in every relationship, there's almost always a distancer and a pursuer. You know what I mean when I say that? No, so, explain. So when something happens in our relationship, in mine with my wife, I'm the pursuer. I want to talk about it. Let's know. Let's keep going. Let's get it done. Kim is a distancer. She's like, I need a moment. Let me think. You know, and a, a moment could be an hour. A moment could be a couple of days. But she has to process, order it in her mind before she can effectively come back and be ready for that discussion. Right? Let's get it out. Let's get it done. I want to get beyond it. So I'm the pursuer. She's the distancer. You got to know it's unusual in a relationship that one couple, they're both distancers or they're both pursuers, right? It's usually that tango, that dance that happens. So that's one thing in a relationship. And the other thing you said is, you know, fire starts small. Every fire starts with a match, a spark, right? Mm -hmm. And it depends what's around it how far and fast it grows. So when an issue pops up, it's much better to deal with it when it's small than letting it fester or letting it grow, giving it oxygen or giving it gas. 
So the key thing is when there are small problems that you want to take care of or they pop up and there are concerns, you want to take care of them while they're small, before they grow into what uh, one of our interviewees called dumpster fires, right? Before something raging out of control, if you let it go, it's going to be a problem and it's going to cause damage. And you don't want to cause damage in your relationship. So when it's small and you, you see there's an issue or concern, you can lovingly approach it. It's easier to deal with when it's grown in magnitude or volume. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because when it deals with our health, we go to a doctor immediately. You know, our physical fitness, a lot of us, it's something that we maintain regularly. Is it safe to say with a marriage, you have to approach it the same way? Absolutely. I mean, if you think about your marriage like a car, right? You, you change the oil, right? You put new tires on, brakes, the shocks. There's little things you do. You can say, I don't need to do it. And if you don't, then it breaks down. Or when you try to go fast on the highway, there's a shimmy and a shake or you blow a tire, right? It becomes catastrophic. It's no different when a relationship, it needs care and feeding and constant investment by both partners. So you have a podcast as well. Tell me about that. Couples call in, do they get advice? You interview them. How does it work? So it's the Kick-Ass Couples podcast and Kim and I started it back in August and we're the co-hosts of that together. And I got to tell you, it's one of the favorite things we do together because she and I, you know, they always say who, who grows or learns more, the teacher or the student. So Kim and I have the benefit of talking to couples at all stages of their relationships and learning about what they've done to become kick-ass and make it work and make it last. And there's been issues. There's been things they've dealt with. They talk about how they handle it, whether it's families of origin or in-laws or outlaws, depending on what they are <laughs> in your family and how you look at it. And it's been great because we get to talk to them and through the lens of our of kick-ass couples nation, through the pillars that we have that we think make up every successful relationship, we get to learn from them how they've approached it and what they've done to maintain success. And I, I got to tell you, Gail, early on in my relationship, I thought that people who went to therapists or got counseling were, they had issues and problems. But what I've learned as I've matured and grown a little bit is everybody needs help because everybody has blind spots. Uh, Pastor Brad and Stephanie White, who they're local church pastors here, they said, heck, you know, he, he, he's the one who used the car analogy. He goes, you change the oil in your car, you got to invest and take care of your relationship. And he goes, we have blind spots and you need someone to tell you that's a blind spot and here's what you can do to work on it. So part of the title of the book, you know, The Kick-Ass Husband is also winning at life, marriage, and sex. And, and, and intimacy is very important as well. Is that something else that you address? Huge. And you know, and for the guys out there, sex is there and that's important. But I think most women know this, but a lot of men either fail to or don't want to recognize it, that great sex follows great intimacy. And if your intimacy could mean sex, but it's one of many ways of being close with your partner, with your spouse. If you've got great communication and you're investing and they feel close to you, like you hear them, you're listening to them, then the great sex is an outcome. It's not a destination of, I want intimacy, therefore we're going to have sex. You know, guys probably think about it a lot more than women do, and it's important to women as well. But I think what's so important, if a woman feels listened to and she knows her husband is aware and engaged and involved, that's going to create greater intimacy. So great communication and all the other things give the outcome of having great sex and being more intimate with your partner. And most men, I think they're just thinking about the outcome and the destination as, as opposed to how do I get there? So guys, if you're listening, 
the way to have more intimacy and greater sex with your wife is to make sure that your communication and your investment is really top notch. Because if she feels listened to and heard and appreciated, that's going to naturally lead to the other things you want to have in your relationship. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, you talk about building intimacy and getting it back during the pandemic. You know, we were locked down as a family. And I, I to be honest with you, I actually enjoyed our family time together and not a lot of interruptions. I mean, I know it was, I was seeing the silver lining in it. But one thing my husband and I got out of the habit of doing that we used to do all the time is actually just going out and like spending time together, whether, you know, like going to a restaurant, you know, enjoying a glass of wine together. We, we got ca kind of caught up like this rat on a wheel and then being hunkered down all the time. And when we could get out and about, we were getting together with our friends. And recently I said to him, I'm like, we need to go back to those date nights and build that intimacy and it really does work and to your point it doesn't have to be intimacy involving sex it just has to kind of something that kind of reawakens that spark absolutely i mean you have to keep dating your wife you and you have to keep dating your husband you've got to create the spark and have the fun and taking turn on on dates and there's a lot of things out there that you can use but it's really making the effort and keeping it fresh it does not have to be expensive it's not about expensive gifts yeah you want to understand your spouse's love language and what they like versus what they don't so you're not guessing and good communication is key to that but you got to have fun and keep doing those dates. In front of my, I embarrass my kids all the time by telling them how much I love their mom and kissing her and hugging on her and loving her. And they're like, Dad, it's gross. You know, stop it. You know, cut it out. They don't, they don't want to see that. But I want them to know this is what a healthy relationship looks like. Yeah. And I'm in love with their mom and why I am because the behavior I model shows them what a good relationship looks like. And that is so important. So what's next for Matthew Hoffman and, and for Kim Hoffman? I mean, you guys have, you've, you've co-authored a book, um, you know, with an expert, you've started a podcast with your lovely wife, you know, what's the takeaway from this? Because I really wasn't exaggerating at the start of this podcast when I told you, I feel like this is long overdue. I mean, there's not really a lot out there to help couples either bring it back together again or level up. Sure. Well, in January of this year, we're starting starting Kick-Ass Couples Nation. It's coming online. We have a team of licensed marriage therapists. Chris Cambus, my co-author, is one of them. And there's another female therapist that's part of that, Jenny Mannion. And then we have a husband and wife team, Jeff and Jessica Jennings, who have greatest marriage ever uh, online presence. And we're going to do webinars twice a month. Couples can come on and listen, ask questions. It's not counseling, but it's a private group to have discussions and support and join a community of couples that want to level up and get better. So we're kind of on a mission. The platform, the book, the podcast is all an effort to support couples that want to level up and get better. There's no silver bullet. There's not one, just one thing, really. It's a lot of things. We're going to talk about those and support people on their journey to having a better relationship. So is this like building a community? Absolutely. It is. Kick-ass couples nation. That's, that's what we want to be because, you know, it, it, we, we sign off our podcast every time by saying happily ever after doesn't just happen. And it doesn't. It's work, but it's worth it. And Gail, after 27 years of marriage, I have never been happier, felt healthier, or been more in love with my wife. I didn't know it could be as good as it, as, as it is right now. And it's because we each, she invested in me and me and her and us. You know, before you're married, it's I and you. But once you're married, you have to look through the lens of us 
And if you're looking through that lens of us, is it a win for the marriage? Then it's a win for everybody else. So folks can get a hold of you at MatthewPHoffman.com to find out about the book and the podcast? Absolutely. That's the best place to reach out, and we'd love to talk with you. Well, I'm so glad. You know, After all these years, two decades of knowing you virtually, I'm so excited about what you're, you're, you're working on now. I know it's going to help all of us, and thank you for joining me on my podcast. My pleasure. I look forward to hearing more about what you're doing, the great work you're doing. Love it, Gail. Thanks, Matthew. That's it for today's episode of Your Story, Your Health, Your Best Life with Gail Guardo. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value VIP day with Gail herself. Be sure to head on over to Your Story, Your Health, Your Best Life podcast.com and pick up a free copy of Gail's gift and join us on the next episode.